to the Layman's Doctor podcast where we're bringing medicine home. I thought it'd be a nice time to really talk about why I'm called the Layman's Doctor. This is something that people ask me all the time. So let's just answer the question. It all started when I was in primary school. I really wanted to be a psychiatrist, specifically one that did research, one that researched um about sociopaths and psychopaths. Eventually, I kind of saw that all my friends were pretty messed up from their parents, myself included, and then I wanted to go into child psychiatry. So if you know the road to being a psychiatrist, you have to enter medical school and then go into psychiatry. So from that story, I should have figured out that I really wasn't interested so much in being a general doctor or the medicine itself. This didn't change. So I went to high school. I set myself up because I had a clear path to what I wanted to do. I also had some interests. So I liked languages. I studied Spanish and I was really interested in advocacy. So I did a lot of advocacy along the way as well. Now for CSEC, I did the sciences. And then in Cape, I did the sciences plus Spanish. That set me up to go into university. I was lucky enough to get a subsidy from the government, which meant I only paid 20% of the $3.2 million. So even though I had that subsidy, I was still paying 600 plus K per year, which is quite a lot. And it's quite a lot for many people, but there are many ways that you can um, kind of subsidize this. So even if you don't get that 80% subsidy, if you're freaking out and wondering, but I'm not coming from Cape, I don't have those grades, you can apply for other scholarships and there is actually financing available from the faculty itself. Um, I took the route of going from high school to university, but there are persons who went to, to university and studied something else. I have a few friends that went to um SciTech and then transferred over and then there are persons who had first degrees so there's so many different ways to actually get into medical school if you wanted to so I'm in medical school and for me it wasn't a thing like if I didn't get in I it would be the end of the world I had my backup plans I actually got accepted for psychology which is something that I really liked and I my true second choice was actually studying languages and potentially international law. A lot of persons were kind of disappointed when I went into medicine. They always thought I would do some kind of international relations, do something along the lines of human rights and study languages. But here I was in medicine. So entered medicine and it was a culture shock for me. It was a huge, huge culture shock. And now, now after completing medicine, I'm much more open about the challenges I faced, especially when it comes to my mental health during that time. My mental health during those five years were in shambles. Um, and it wasn't until recently where I became much more vocal about it because the truth is, for a very long time, people were silent about talking about mental health and mental illnesses. And everybody just kind of thought if you had a mental health issue, you're crazy or they only see it as being schizophrenic or those people walking on the road talking to themselves and it really made us, it really made it hard to talk about mental health and be open about it. So because it was this huge culture shift um, during my first year, um, I ended up living at the university and that was another thing. I had never lived on my own. I had to be doing everything <laughs> on my own. I had to be cooking, washing my clothes, budgeting and I... My friends were gone as well and not a lot of them entered medical school with me or even entered university of the West Indies specifically with me. A lot of them went to other countries. 
So it was a huge change. I had to be making new friends. I had to be living by myself. I had to be making sure I had to take care of myself. And it wasn't as though I didn't know how to wash, cook, and clean. I learned those basic skills, but it was just so different. I wasn't at home. My home is my comfort space. And I had created my room in a way that it was now my safe place. So I'm gone. Went in, met new people, and definitely had my anxiety from high school just completely worsen in medical school. So the first three years, first year to third year, were just, they were trash for me. I was barely making it, not necessarily academically, but as a person. I was I was getting my grades, I was doing fairly okay, but I just wasn't an okay person. And by that time, I had completely lost my drive to do this. I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, I got experience in psychiatry and I realized that this was not what I wanted to do. It was not what I thought it was. Nothing about it was what I wanted and I kind of felt lost. But you know, I was already there. Let me just finish. Fast forward to fourth year community health rotation. I remember just sitting in the class and we were sharing our experiences as students. So in first year, so after all these drastic changes from high school to university where I had ended up living on campus, um, after a couple of years during school, you know, med school is five years, I had kind of lost my vision. I had been exposed to psychiatry and I realized that that was nothing that I wanted to do. Now, I ended up going into fourth year. In fourth year, we did this topic, we did this subject called community health. And that's really where you learned about the structure of the healthcare system. And this primarily focused on primary care. And that includes preventative medicine, community medicine, where people go out into the community. Um, that's That includes things like the dengue response, persons who kill the mosquitoes, and then all your health centers. So we were being, we had that course again. I remember us sitting in class and because one whole semester of clinical medicine where we get to put on our white jackets and actually go into the hospital and actually get to see patients and get to talk to patients. We were all sitting down and sharing our experiences with that. I remember somebody shared this story. They were saying that they went to they went to a clinic and the patient <laughs> They were taking the history and they asked the patient um, what illnesses they had and specifically if they had sugar, you know, diabetes. The patient said, yeah, they had it. So no, just to go back, diabetes, it's not to be assumed that everyone knows what diabetes is. Diabetes is a chronic illness. That means that once you have it, you kind of always have it, right? You can take your medications, you can eat in a certain way to help to control it. But this person obviously did not know that. They distinctly said they had diabetes, took their medication, and then they were okay. They had absolutely no follow-up. Usually what happens if you are a diabetic, you usually go to the clinic every three months, sometimes less if you're newly diagnosed and really not being managed well, and sometimes more if you're doing very well on your diet, your exercise, and your medication if you're taking it. And I just remember the whole class laughing laughing at the fact that this person thought that diabetes was like the common cold. You take a few pills and you're okay afterwards or like a simple infection to the chest or to the, of the urine. You take some pills, you take your antibiotics and you're good after that. And I sat there and I'm thinking to myself, but this is not funny. It's it not funny. It really shows us that 
we're not doing the best we can in order to empower our patients. And I kept thinking about that story. I, I can remember the day so distinctly. I remember how I felt. I remember everything about the day and it just stayed with me for a very long time. During that time as well, I I wasn't doing things that I enjoyed. I really loved to write and I wasn't writing as much as I as I used to. I wasn't going out as much as I used to. A lot of things were just happening in my life and I felt really tired. I felt really worn out and I just wasn't feeling like myself. I remember sitting down and I couldn't I couldn't get it out of my head. I just kept replaying over and over and that's when I realized that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about medicine in a way that is outside of the academic setting, in a way that patients are the ones who are the focus. I wanted to practice patient-centered medicine. And that went beyond just prescribing pills and prescribing regimes to actually helping people on a large scale understand what it is that they wanted or rather understand on a large scale what it is that was happening to them. I talk about it all the time, um, always ranting about the fact that we're, we're not learned soft skills in school. We're not taught really how to talk to patients except for one and two sessions. And I wanted to, I wanted to, to bring back community medicine. I wanted to refocus on medicine in a way that patients don't feel as though they're a spectator in their own health. I wanted them to feel empowered. I wanted them to go out and seek knowledge. But also on the flip side of that, while I wanted to be patient-centered, I also wanted to bring to the attention of physicians that we have a role to play, that we ought to spend some time and educate and that I always call physicians advocates for their patients. That started it. For my birthday, I gave myself the <laughs> the blog. Um, I'm on, at, at this current moment, I'm on WordPress, but I do at least own the domain site, www.thelaymansdoctor.com. And I just decided to write about things that I would see all the time. And that's really what has been happening up to now. So I used to, it was so much easier as a student because I had all this experience. I would go around to clinics and I would notice that persons were there from five o'clock in the morning to 3 p.m. But they had no preparation whatsoever. But this is a clinic that they go to at least every two months. So I said, you know what, let me write an article about this. Let me tell people what to do in preparation for their clinic visits. Because while we don't, ideally we don't want these things to happen, I can't ignore the realities of the situation. So I always wanted it to be very specific to the realities of our context and our situation. So that for a long time, that's what happened. And then I realized that I had to put in place my advocacy. I I really love advocacy. I have been very vocal, especially on sexual reproductive health rights. That's something that I talk about a lot. And just living by example in saying that doctors are patient advocates, I thought that this was a great, great avenue for me to do that. But this also helped me personally in finding, not finding myself, but coming out of my rut. Uh, a lot of things happened during medical school. I lost one of my closest friends. Um, my father was hospitalized. You know, my, I got diagnosed officially with anxiety. And 
it was an overwhelming experience. And this was a nice way for me to put in writing um, how I felt and the things that I wanted to do. It's been over a year now. And it has it has become something more than I ever thought it would have been. And I get I get asked all the time. So why did you choose the layman's doctor? And funnily enough, one of in that same community health course, one of my consultants told me it was a stupid name. And because it was in the early, early part of it, I just remember sitting there thinking, wow, that really, really, really hurts my feelings. But I love the name. So, and you know, the thing is, so many people have come to like, Sam, I know exactly what you're saying when you say the layman's doctor. Like, it just tells me exactly what kind of medicine you're practicing. And I get it. I love it. I love it. And then this one person who, you know, I had looked up to at the time was just like, it's a dumb name. I hurt my feelings, but I was strong. I was steadfast. I said, nah, I'm going to keep it. I think it really portrays what I want to do and what I want to be. And the name really came to me on that same day from the story that I told you, where that person didn't know what medicine was, what diabetes really was. And that person was a layman. And it was up to a doctor to really spend the time to speak to them and tell them or explain to them what their what their disease or diagnosis meant and that's how I became the layman's doctor the future for the layman's doctor for me I I don't see myself not ever being the layman's doctor I'm really excited for what's going to happen um I'm excited for what it can be and it's genuinely a part of me and it means so much to me and I just love what it has become and I can't wait to see it grow and I have to just give a big thank you to everybody who sees me as the layman's doctor and who participates in my content and who take up my content and it's just a wonderful experience. Now if you want to hear more of me you can follow me on social media at the layman's doctor. This is for my Twitter and my Instagram. It's spelled at the layman's dr. Feel free to send me questions, stories, um, feedback to my email address, thelaymansdoctor at gmail.com. And I look forward to talking to you again. Don't forget to like, share, and of course, subscribe. Bye.